across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone. For this Wednesday, October 11th, 2023, I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Luke Hamilton. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, Oklahoma Supreme Court Chief Justice recommends removing judge for texting during a murder trial. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Samantha Riddle will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Ray Ryanierson will be in with the FM88 Sports Report. The current temperature outside is a cloudy 69 degrees. And now on to our top story. In the three and a half decades since it began as an underground militant group, Hamas has pursued a consistently violent strategy aimed at rolling back Israeli rule, and it has made steady progress, wrestling concessions from Israel that eluded its rivals and the Palestinian Authority, while also bringing enormous suffering on both sides of the conflict. The stunning inclusion last weekend in which hundreds of Israelis were killed and dozens dragged into Gaza as captives. It's Hamas de- is Hamas' deadliest gambit yet. Israel's similarly unprecedented response could eventually bring about the end of Hamas' rule or persuade its allies to enter the fray. The Chief Justice of the Oklahoma Supreme Court is recommending the removal of a district court judge who exchanged more than 500 texts with her bailiff during a murder trial. Chief Justice John Kane IV wrote yesterday that an investigation found District Judge Tracy Soderstrom mocked prosecutors laughed at the bailiff's comments about a prosecutor's genitals, praised the defense attorney, and called the prosecutor's key witness a liar. The petition goes to the Oklahoma court on the judiciary, which will hold a hearing on whether to remove Soderstrom, who is now suspended without pay. Excuse me, who is now suspended with pay. A phone call to a number listed for Soderstrom rang unanswered. High school students' scores on the ACT college admission test have dropped to their lowest in more than three decades, showing a lack of student preparedness for college-level coursework, according to the nonprofit organization that administers the test. Scores have been falling for six consecutive years, but the trend accelerated during the COVID-19 pandemic. Students in the class of 2023 whose scores were reported today were in their first year of high school when the virus reached the U.S. The average ACT composite score for the U.S. students was 19.5 out of 36. Last year, the average score was a 19.8. ExxonMobil is buying Pioneer Natural Resources in an all-stock deal valued at $59.5 billion, its largest buyout since acquiring Mobil two decades two decades ago, creating a colossal tracking operator in West Texas. Including debt, Exxon is committing about $64.5 billion to the acquisition announced today, leaving no doubt of the Texas energy company's commitment to fossil fuels as energy prices surge. In the late 1990s, the merger between Exxon and Mobil was valued around $80 billion. The deal with Pioneer Natural between Texas and New Mexico. Excuse me, the deal with Pioneer Natural expands Exxon's presence in the Permian Basin, that straddles the border between Texas and New Mexico. The region made up 18% of all U.S. natural gas production last year, according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. New polling shows that the unprecedented ouster of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has left no consensus among Republicans about whether his removal was the right move. This comes as the party is struggling to find a new leader. 
Polling from the Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research found that 25% of Republicans say they approve of the stunning decision by a small group of House Republicans to move to remove the California lawmaker from his post during a vote last week. Three in ten Republicans believe that it was a mistake for a small fraction of the party and all Democrats to support a motion ejecting McCarthy from the speakership. Coming up, Detroit automakers and union leaders spar over 4,800 layoffs at non-striking factories. That and more news from across the tri-state when News Center 88 returns. Right at- Here we are, lookout point. Wow, Jim, the stars are so beautiful tonight. Hey, is that a UFO? The light! It's got me! Jim! Jim! What? Where am I? Greetings, Earthling. Aha! We require your help. We detected an unusual signal coming from your vehicular object. You must tell us what it is. Or else... Whoa! Take it easy. I was just listening to WMUL. WMUL? Yeah. It's my favorite radio station. So that's what good radio sounds like. The rumors are true. Mission accomplished. We must report this to our queen. Goodbye, Earthling! Wait, what? Jim, are you okay? What was that? The truth, Mary. WMUL is out of this world. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best spot news reporting by the Virginia's Associated Press. I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Luke Hamilton. Republicans have nominated Representative Steve Scalise to be the next House Speaker. Now they must try to unite their deeply divided majority to elect the conservative in a floor vote after ousting Representative Kevin McCarthy from the job. In private balloting at the Capitol today, House Republicans narrowly pushed aside Ohio Representative Jim Jordan, the Judiciary Committee Chairman, in favor of Scalise, the current majority leader from Louisiana. A floor vote of the whole House could come out soon, but tensions are still running high among Republicans who've brought the House to a standstill with bitter infighting. And it's uncertain whether Jordan, who was backed by Donald Trump, will throw his support to Scalise. Detroit's three automakers have laid off roughly 4,800 workers at factories that are not among the plants that have been hit by the United Auto Workers strike, which have lasted for nearly four weeks. The companies say the strikes have nevertheless forced them to impose layoffs. They note that the job cuts have occurred mainly at factories that make parts for assembly plants that were closed by the strikes. The UAW rejects that argument. It contends that the layoffs are unjustified and that and were imposed as part of the company's pressure campaign to persuade UAW members to accept less favorable terms in negotiation with automakers. A heavier-than-normal turnout is expected today as early voting begins in Ohio's closely watched off-year election. Abortion access and marijuana legalization are on the ballot. Issue 1 is a proposed constitutional amendment that would give every person, quote, the right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions, unquote. The effort, the effort follows a string of victories for abor- abortion rights proponents around the country in both Democratic and deeply Republican states. Issue 2 would allow adults 21 and over to buy and possess up to 2.5 ounces of cannabis and grow plants at home. Purchases would be taxed. 
military and political leaders gathered in Kentucky to mark an end of a campaign to destroy a selection of chemical weapons stored by the Army for decades. The milestone was reached in July when workers destroyed the last rockets filled with sarin. It was the last of a nationwide stockpile of the 30,000 tons of the Cold War era weapons. McConnell joined state and local leaders as well as the Defense Department officials to pay tribute to workers given the painstaking assignment of destroying the weapons. McConnell McConnell steered millions in federal dollars to the project over several decades. Olympic gymnastics champion Mary Lou Retton has pneumonia and is in intensive care in a Texas hospital. Retton's daughter, McKenna Kelly, shared Retton's condition in an Instagram post. Kelly said the 55-year-old Retton, who became the first American woman to win the Olympic all-around title, is, quote, fighting for her life, unquote, and not able to breathe on her own. Kelly started a fundraising campaign on Retton's behalf for medical expenses. Kelly wrote that Retton does not currently have medical insurance. Coming up next, NASA shows off its first asteroid samples delivered by a spacecraft. That and more news from around the nation when New Center 88 returns. Stay with us. The worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the fifth oldest stadium in college football, Nippert Stadium. Buckeye Field, Columbus, Ohio, Thundering Herd, and the 24th ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Here in Raleigh, North Carolina, at Oak Field at Dale Park. At the UK Soccer Complex in the heart of bluegrass country, Lexington, Kentucky. Welcome back to Houston, Texas, the site of the 2008 Conference USA Softball Tournament. WMUL-FM, Huntington. Hey man, you dropped something. That's okay, it's just trash anyway. Actually, it's not okay, it's littering. You should pick it up and throw it away. It would be even better to recycle it. What are some other ways I can help out on campus? Try picking up litter around campus, recycling soda cans, plastic bottles, and paper at the designated bins around campus, taking shorter showers to save water, or walk, ride a bike, or even carpool to cut back on air pollution. Thanks man, I appreciate it. Think green and be Marshall Green. Brought to you by your friends at the eco-friendly WMUL 88.1 FM. Wondering what to do on a dull day? Well, I get kind of tired of hearing that same old music. MUL's got real variety. From jazz and blues to rock and progressive. 88.1's the place to be. I'm at WMUL Marshall University. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best radio news reporting by the Society of Professional Journalists Mark of Excellence Awards. I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Luke Hamilton. Two giant rocket motors required to display the retired NASA space shuttle Endeavor as if it's about to blast off have arrived at a Los Angeles museum, completing their long journey from the Mojave Desert. The 116-foot-long motors, which look like giant white cylinders, were trucked over two days from the Mojave Air and Spaceport to LA's Exposition Park where the California Science Center's Samuel Ocean Air and Space Center is being built to display Endeavor. The motors donated by Northrop Grumman are the largest components of the two solid rocket boosters that would be attached to a shuttle's external tank to help lift the orbiter off the launch pad. Endeavor was brought to Los Angeles in 2012. 
NASA is showing off its first asteroid samples delivered last month by a spacecraft, spacecraft. Excuse me. Scientists and space agency leaders took part in today's big reveal at the Johnson Space Center in Houston. The ancient black dust and chunks are from a carbon-rich asteroid named Bennu, almost 60 million miles away. A NASA spacecraft grabbed the samples three years ago and then dropped them off during a flyby of Earth last month. Scientists anticipated at least a cup full of rocks, the most that has ever been brought back from an asteroid. They're still not sure how much came back because the main sample container has yet to be opened. After 35 straight drawings without a big winner, Powerball players are lining up for a shot at a near-record jackpot worth an estimated $1.73 billion. If winning numbers are drawn tonight, it would be the second largest of any lottery prize ever, topped only by the $2.4 billion Powerball won by a player in California last November. The previous number two was a $1.586 billion Powerball with three winners in California, Florida, and Tennessee in 2016. Powerball's terrible odds of 1 in 292.2 million are designed to generate big jackpots, with prizes becoming ever larger as they repeatedly roll over when no one wins. The jackpot has grown so large because there have been 35 consecutive drawings without a big winner. From auto production lines to Hollywood, the power of labor unions is back in the national spotlight. But despite historic strikes and record contract negotiations seen this year, there's still a lot stacked against organizing today. Rates of union membership have been falling for decades. More than 35% of private sector workers, for example, had a union in 1953, compared with about 6% today. Experts point to changes in the U.S. economy, ample employer opposition, and growing political partisanship seen in recent decades. And under current federal and state labor laws, desires to organize can only go so far without policy change. A beefy, bald-headed informant known by the Spanish nickname Boliche Bowling Ball is expected to play a key role in the federal trial this month in New York of two veteran U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration agents charged in a $73,000 bribery conspiracy involving leaked information about ongoing drug investigations. It's a case expected to cast a harsh light on the seamy underbelly of overseas drug prosecutions and cause more embarrassment for the nation's premier narcotics law enforcement agency, which has seen at least 18 agents charged or convicted of crimes since 2015. Coming up next, Representative Santos new charges he stole donor IDs and made unauthorized charges to their credit cards. Your daily political update when News Center 88 returns right after this. So there's this guy in your office and he just finished rehab and you don't know how to act around him. Okay, here's a few tips. Don't call him a loser. Do call him Larry, unless his name is John, then call him John. Don't remove the glue from the company envelopes, he's not going to sniff them. Do expect him to meet all his deadlines, and don't be surprised when he doesn't. Oh, hey, don't make fun of his addiction. You can, however, make fun of his 80s haircut. For more tips on how to support a recovering user, or if you'd like to become one, call 1-800-662-HELP. I want my Broadcast voice of Marshall University, WMUL-FM, Huntington. 
Welcome back to New Center 88. I'm Emma Johnson. And I'm Luke Hamilton. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu joined with a top political rival today to create a wartime cabinet overseeing the fight to avenge a stunning weekend attack by Hamas militants. In the sealed-off Gaza Strip, ruled by Hamas, Palestinians suffering mounted as Israeli bombardment demolished neighborhoods and the only power plant ran out of fuel. The new cabinet cobbles together a degree of unity after years of bitterly divisive politics, and as the Israeli military appears increasingly likely to launch a ground offensive into Gaza. The new cabinet will consist of Netanyahu, Benny Gantz, a senior opposition figure who will, excuse me, a senior opposition figure and former defense minister, and current defense minister Yov Gallant. It will focus only on the war. The Hamas-run Gaza Strip is a tiny enclave measuring 25 miles long and no more than 7 miles wide. It is surveilled continually by Israel and surrounded by its guns. But locating and rescuing dozens of hostages seized by Palestinian militants who infiltrated Israel will be a daunting task. Gaza's densely populated terrain, network of underground tunnels, and the sheer number of men, women, and children taken captive present Israel with the most complex hostage crisis it's ever faced. Conducting rescue operations in the midst of Israel's massive bombardment of Gaza would make an already difficult mission even more formidable. A new indictment charges U.S. Representative George Santos with stealing a the identities of donors to his campaign and then using their credit cards to ring up tens of thousands of dollars in unauthorized charges. Prosecutors say some of that stolen money ended up in his own bank account. The 23-count indictment filed yesterday places one filed earlier against a New York Republican charging him with embezzling money from his campaign and lying to Congress about his wealth, among other offenses. Santos told reporters at the U.S. Capitol he had no comment on the superseding indictment. Dysfunction within the Republican Party isn't limited to the leadership chaos in the House of Representatives playing out the nation's capital. The GOP insurgent faces to increasingly steer the direction of the party and also have gained strength in numerous state legislators and in-state Republican parties. This is, that has led to the general election losses in some states and has ground lawmaking to a vital halt, a virtual halt, excuse me, in some legislators where Republicans are in the majority. The internal tussle over who will become the next House Speaker amplifies the perpetual chaos inside GOP ranks, a dynamic that has been on display in the states for years. A schism between Ohio's House Republicans appears to only be widening after a rival GOP contingent sued fellow conservative House Speaker Jason Stevens for control of over $1 million in campaign funds. In a lawsuit filed Saturday, State Representative Derek Marin says he controls the Ohio House Republican Alliance and its coffers that fund campaigns for Republican legislators after a closed-door vote earlier this year naming him Republican caucus leader. Marin, along with two other plaintiffs, are also suing Stevens and another representative for nearly $400,000 in reimbursement and damages. Stevens maintains that as Speaker, he is the leader of the alliance and called the lawsuit desperate. And coming up, Samantha Riddle will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Ray Ronierson will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. Stay with us. Not all superheroes wear capes. Most wear jeans or sweaters or suits, just like ordinary people, because that's what they are. 
They are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, men and women whose superpowers are the capacity to care and the desire to make the world better. So the next time you need a superhero, don't look in the sky, look in the mirror. Learn more at rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion. Here at the Institute for Better Radio, we're always looking for ways to improve your listening experience on 88.1 WMUL. By using trained monkeys, we try out new innovations here before bringing them to you, our listener. For instance, how does no commercial sound? Smashing! How about a wide music variety? Outstanding! Because we're not money-driven, we can bring you better radio here on 88.1 WMUL. Now, back to the lab. Welcome back to New Center 88. I'm Samantha Riddle, and it is now time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Currently outside of the WMUL studios, it is a cloudy 69 degrees. Tonight, we will dip down into the upper 40s, making it a nice night to have some warm soup and grilled cheese. Tomorrow, we will see highs around 78 with lows near 50, with the sun making a grand appearance tomorrow. As we look towards this week, on Friday, we will see highs in the lower 80s and lows in the 60s, with some light rain showers expected Friday night. Today in weather history, on this day in 1988, low pressure brought gale force winds to the Great Lakes region, with snow and sleet reported in some areas. Unseasonably warm weather prevailed in the north-central U.S. The mercury hit 84 degrees at Cutbank, Montana, and Warland, Wyoming. The temperature at Conskin, Colorado, soared from a morning low of 12 degrees to a high of 66 degrees. Thank you to weather4u.com for that information. And that does it for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Currently outside of the WMUL studios, it is a cloudy 69 degrees. For News Center 88, I'm Thanks, Samantha. Now Ray Ronierson joins us with the FM 88 Sports Report. Thanks, Emma. And Marshall Thundering Herd Sports News. Heading over to Marshall Men's Soccer, Marshall still holds on to its number one rank in college men's soccer. It will welcome Sunbelt rival Coastal Carolina Chanticleers Friday as the Chanticleers will try to be the first opponent this season to beat the Thundering Herd. Marshall comes into the match with a perfect 11-0 overall record and a 4-0 conference record. Coastal Carolina comes into the match with a 3-4-3 overall record and a 1-1-2 conference record. Passing our way over to Marshall football, Marshall's running back Rasheen Ali and linebacker Stephen Dix Jr. will be two of 49 national nominees for Comeback Player of the Year. Ali returned to the backfield to lead the Thundering Herd's rushing attack after getting set back with an injury suffered in training camp last season. Dix Jr., who is a transfer from Florida State, missed all of last season with an injury and transferred to Marshall. Marshall University is just one of seven colleges that have more than one player representing their respective university for this award. Serving our way over to Marshall Women's Tennis, the Thundering Herd get ready to hit the road for the Greyhounds Women's Tennis Classic. The Classic will take place in Baltimore, Maryland, with the first matches starting on Friday. Splashing our way over to Marshall Swimming and Diving, the Marshall Swimming and Diving team had a successful start to its season at the West Virginia Games. As John Bogus reports, he spoke with members of the team for more. The Marshall Swimming and Diving team showed Saturday it's a premier team in the Mountain State after claiming first place in Morgantown, West Virginia at the West Virginia Games. 
After day one, Marshall was second in the seven-team All-West Virginia event, trailing the meet's host, WVU, by just 11 points. It was Marshall who had come out on top after day two, though, with a narrow margin of 1,340.5 points to the second-place WVU's 1,300.5 points. Head coach Ian Walsh said that the team's passion and depth is what made the team victorious. It was our depth and every single person contributed on our team. I think that's probably what I was most proud of. Every single person on our roster put up points for that win. And when you have a large meet like that, it comes down to 40 points over a 3,000 point meet. That's a pretty big deal. The win marks only the second time in program history Marshall has defeated WVU. Senior swimmer Madeline Hart said it was a special moment and the team saw success from sharing encouragement. I don't know that we really had the goal to win, but we did have the goal to just be our best. We cheered each other on. Momentum was great. We are all very encouraging. Marshall will have the opportunity to face a Sunbelt Conference opponent when it next travels to Harrisonburg, Virginia to face James Madison on November 4th. For FM 88 Sports, I'm John Bogus. Thanks, John. The Marshall Swimming and Diving Team is competing in the Sunbelt Conference this season, along with James Madison, for the first time. Now over to other sporting news. In the MLB, it is the month of October, and that means playoffs are full steam ahead. With that in mind, one team has already swept its opponent in the American League Division Series. That team would be the Texas Rangers, who had a very shaky end to their regular season, are now catching fire at the right time. With its leaders, Corey Seager, Adolis Garcia, and Nathan Evaldi leading the Rangers into the American League Championship Series with a 7-1 victory in the American League Division Series and a sweep over the Baltimore Orioles. In the NHL, the puck was dropped for the first time this season for a new season of the NHL. It was highlighted by a triple header on ESPN. First, it was the Tampa Bay Lightning facing off with the Nashville Predators. In what was a 3-3 game late, the Lightning skated away with a 5-3 victory over the Predators. In the second of three games was a first look at this past draft's first overall pick by the Chicago Blackhawks. That pick was 19-year-old sensation Connor Bedard. Bedard would record his first ever NHL point with an assist. Chicago came back from a 2-0 deficit to win on the road in Pittsburgh to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 4-2. Lastly, the highlight of the triple header was the third and final game. It was the Vegas Golden Knights hosting division rival the Seattle Kraken. The Knights started with a banner raising for the Golden Knights out of a slot machine. Even with all the noise in the pregame, the Golden Knights took a commanding lead early and never looked back. Vegas would win 4-1. to That does it for the FM88 Sports team. I'm Ray Ranierson. Thanks, Ray. Coming up, a pumpkin weighing 2,749 pounds wins California contest and sets world record for biggest gourd. Stay with us to find out more right after this on New Center 88. It's important that healthcare providers, including doctors and nurses, either wash their hands with soap and water or use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer both before and after they touch you. Healthcare providers know to practice hand hygiene, but sometimes they forget. You and your loved ones can play a role by asking and reminding healthcare providers to wash their hands, especially while they're caring for you. They don't mind being asked to wash their hands. They want to prevent infections as much as you do. A message from the CDC. 
no score here at Camp Randall Stadium. Happy to have you along this Saturday afternoon. Back inside Reed Green Coliseum in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Bobby Edding, Sportside, bringing you all tonight's action. Marshall Trail, Southern Miss. On the sky deck from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville, North Carolina. ECU leads the Thundering Herd. To the home center, Boone, North Carolina. Andrew Aspacker on board. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage. WMUL-FM, Huntington. And finally today on News Center 88, a Minnesota teacher has set a world record in California for the heaviest pumpkin after growing a giant jack-o'-lantern gourd weighing 2,749 pounds. Travis Ginger is from Anoka, Minnesota and won the 50th World Championship Pumpkin Way-Off in Half Moon Bay, south of San Francisco, on Monday. His enormous lumpy orange pumpkin could produce at least 687 pies. The previous world record for heaviest pumpkin was set by a grower in Italy who produced a 2,702-pound squash in 2021. Ginger says this year he gave his plants extra care, watering them up to 12 times a day. A flock of swans that grew up from a gift from Queen Elizabeth II nearly 70 years ago is being rounded up in Florida to ensure they are all healthy. Some 50 swans were collected yesterday in Lakeland, which is east of Tampa. Park Supervisor Steve Williams said the birds are a cherished part of the city. The roundup occurs each fall so that veterinarians can conduct health examinations of the city-owned swans with those scheduled for this morning. Lakeland's mute swans are descended from a pair given by the excuse me by the late Queen Elizabeth II in 1957. And that does it for this edition of News Center 88. Tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University and the tri-state area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Emma Johnson, Samantha Riddle, Ray Rynearson, Jonathan, excuse me, John Bogus, Peyton Sisko, and for the entire New Center 88 team, I'm Luke Hamilton, and your thought of the day is, the smallest deed is better than the greatest intention. John Burroughs. <laughs>